Glory to God forever. Thank You, Lord, for this day. Jesus the Christ is alive. Amen. He's the Lord God Almighty and infinitely more. Lord, we welcome You and honor You. Thank You for saving us. I believe with those listening for their needs in all areas and mainly that You will reveal Your glory to them. Thank You for those, for anyone who's listening. Um, thank You for what You're doing in their lives and in all of our lives. In the, also, I pray for Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem, the peace of Israel. Send out laborers, Lord, to the Middle East. Continue to send out laborers in the mighty, awesome, glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Humans, men and women, were born to fellowship with God. That's the title of this series. That's an eternal revelation, and it's a, one of the great examples of God's nature, of all that He is, of His... He's merciful, loving, gracious, giving, and infinitely more. He's the most wonderful, most beautiful person in the universe. The Lord is one. The Lord, the Lord, your God is one. That's a famous scripture from Deuteronomy. Jesus quoted that when He gave the two great commandments. The Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are one. And He is so glorious and wonderful that those who make it to heaven for all eternity, they will be in awe of Him and all that He is. It's just so glorious. And someone may say, well, what is He like? He's revealed Himself fully through Jesus Christ. Just look at Jesus. If you want to know what God's like, just look at Jesus Christ. Amen. One thing yesterday I did not share like I wanted to. Okay, in the, la the last week or so, one theme that I've been emphasizing is God's love and then man's response, how we miss it. We miss it in so many ways. Okay, here are some of the main ways. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every person. Okay, number two. These are just examples. Not in any order, but number two, most believers just stay in the born-again phase and don't go into the second, third, or fourth phase of knowing God. That's a, a, a really prominent example of how we miss it as, as believers. Now, here's number three, one of the main ones. Most people don't get saved. I mean, if you look at the human race, we just, we have missed it so much that, I mean, to think that most people don't get saved, it's a tragedy. Here's what I didn't express yesterday. Another way I believe that we miss it is, is that we don't emphasize this truth and revelation that man was born to fellowship with God. Like that's something that's not taught a lot. It's not spoken about. It's clearly in the Bible. Revelation 3.20, Jesus revealed it. And in several other ways, it's 
very uh, clear in the Bible. But that's an example. You know, we... Okay, I could give many more examples. We don't emphasize the Holy Spirit enough. The glorious uh, Spirit of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Father. And how that's such a key. Knowing Him. I've just presented a lot and and it's just so wonderful. I just want to continue to emphasize these glorious things and how every when we meet Him, everything in our most holy faith becomes glorious, wonderful, just will fill us with such awe and and we will and again the key when we meet him and his glory, his majesty, we will naturally he will cause us to walk with him. We will he will cause us to um to do all that he wants us to do. And that's that famous scripture, I can do all things through the anointing which strengthens me, through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, new information. Something this week that I heard from a man of God which is really powerful. Okay? And this, it was, um, his name is Bill Weiss. He's written a book, um, well known actually. His book is called 23 Minutes in Hell. God took him to hell. I recommend his videos. He's on YouTube. He, he pointed out something that is really brilliant. He said, many people ask, you know, why doesn't God give someone a vision of hell, a vision of heaven, or have Jesus Christ, you know, come to them so that they get saved? And that's, okay, and his answer is very, again, brilliant based on Scripture. We are saved by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. And faith comes by hearing the Word of God. You know, hearing and hearing. And if if someone... if That's how we're saved. It's not through having a vision of anything. If, if someone did have those visions, that's why they would get saved. And that's... God's a God of faith. You know, we are... Our most holy faith. It's we are saved by faith, not by having visions and by having experiences. And he pointed out that he had been a Christian many, many years when he had that vision of when he was taken to hell. Okay, next point, and this is in the theme I mentioned yesterday. I'm gonna, I want to give some um, content about faith. This wonderful topic. So this is just a short preview coming up, but it's so wonderful. Again, faith is misunderstood. It's really just reliance on God. It's every person has faith. Every unbeliever li- lives by faith in something, you know, whether it's themselves or some, you know. And God's given every person a measure of faith, and it's wonderful. There's three revelations of faith, and there's seven levels of faith. The three revelations are the measure of faith. That's a famous scripture. Then 
that leads to the fruit of faith, and then that leads to the gift of faith, which is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the seven levels of faith are also quite fascinating. Seven is that number of completion, and it goes from, these are, this is just an overview, this is not exact, but remember Jesus said, you know, oh, you of little faith, you know, so there's little faith. These are not in order, but it's, you know, there's little faith, there's weak faith, wavering faith is mentioned, I believe, in the book of James. But then it goes all the way to um, perfect faith. And great faith is one of them. Remember, Jesus said, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. So, seven levels, and, and that leads to the larger um, glorious revelation that there is in many places in the Bible... And then in our walk with Jesus, there are really seven, and, and this is, well, an example of, of this powerful revelation is like in the tabernacle, there's seven stations. Okay, it starts with the gate, and then there's seven stations in three sections of the tabernacle. You know, that's something thousands of years ago, it's in Israel, people may wonder. Well, it, those are seven revelations of knowing Jesus Christ. Every one of them is glorious and they lead to each, each, there's a progression and they lead all the way to the seventh one is that's fellowship with Jesus. That's the glory of the Lord that was in the Holy of Holies of the tabernacle. Seven, so it, it, a person has the privilege of experiencing those. Again, I'm, these are not in order, but you know, uh, let's see, there's the table of showbread. That's Jesus is the bread of life. The, the first one is the gate. The second one is the altar of sacrifice. And then it goes on. Another one is the uh, candle sticks that had the, the light. Jesus is the light of the world. And it's just so wonderful. But again, someone never has to hear that teaching or have a Bible, someone can experience these glorious stages and revelations of Jesus Christ, the God Almighty. Amen. And, and that's the purpose of life. The reason for living is to know the only true God through Jesus Christ. Amen. So wonderful. So awesome. I want to just proclaim it. You know... Okay, more new information. These are new things that I have I've shared some of this, but these, um, so these, there's three things that I want to share that are basically that I've learned that are recently that are new things. They're not necessarily related, but they're all in our most holy faith. So wonderful. So the first one was why the answer to the question why doesn't god give someone visions it's a great answer that bill weiss presented number two here's the second one repentance and mourning over our sin is a joyful wonderful experience and jesus revealed this in the beatitudes when he said blessed are those who mourn they shall be comforted 
that's the result. You know, mourning sounds like a sad thing, right? It sounds like it's, and, and we see in dead religion, people are solemn and sad. And well, Jesus reveals here, it's joyful. When we repent, a great man of God spoke about this. He opened my eyes to this. He said, repentance is a joyful experience. It's not anything else. And, and Jesus revealed that when He said, blessed are those who mourn, mourn over their sin, broken and contrite spirit. They shall be comforted. That's the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter, the, the glorious God of the universe who brings happiness. Remember, blessed means happy. Favored. These are, that word blessed in the Beatitudes could be translated happy, favored, fortunate, rich. He brings happiness, joy, peace, everything a human being wants. I keep emphasizing this as because you know, it's very, here's another way that we as humans miss it. Most people are in dead religion. And they're, it's this solemn, they're, they're solemn and, and it's dry and they, they think it's boring. It's boring and they, they think that they, you know, have to, um, it's almost like humans try in every which way to, to walk, you know, walk with Jesus, to be like Jesus, and just nothing works because the key is the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Number three, here's the third one. In case someone says, oh, he's saying the same things. I want to give as much new content as I can in these messages. The third phase of walk, knowing God is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So glorious. Jesus revealed this. In, he revealed the four phases of knowing God in John chapters 3, 4, and 7. And the, the, the second, third, and fourth phases, He used water as a metaphor. Now here's what's quite fascinating and a, a man of God revealed this I've said this before it was some weeks ago the baptism of the Holy Spirit yes it's it is a one-time experience but also it's an experience we can have every day now that's a powerful revelation about seeking the Lord and how every day we have the privilege first of choosing to serve him but then every day going into the three uh, stages, phases of prayer that Jesus revealed. He's famous scripture. He said, ask you shall receive, seek you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you. That's the three phases of prayer. Well, here's some ways that we as humans completely miss it. Most people don't even get into the first phase of prayer. I mean, we're busy doing other things. I'm as guilty as anyone. We, we, we're... Um, Jesus revealed them right there. And so, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's this glorious experience with the Holy Spirit. We almost don't even need... Well, it's a relationship. And it's... Yes, we can look at it technically and say, okay, that's the 
I want to keep this simple, but in those, okay, well, actually, let me do the technical explanation second. The first thing, the, the, it's a relationship. It's this glorious, exciting, thrilling relationship that humans were created for. So there's no need to analyze it or be technical because someone, again, they they don't have to have a Bible. They don't have to hear the teachings of Jesus. It's wonderful if we do. We're fortunate. But someone doesn't need those things. That's how simple it is. It's, it's that determination of someone saying, I'm going to experience God. They don't even have to hear the Gospel or the name of Jesus Christ. They're just a determination to to first have a relationship and then in a particular day experience Him and, and, and this glorious... Because every person has eternity in their heart. Every person knows that there's a higher power. Even if they deny it. Romans 1.20 reveals that. And... And so when someone has that determination, they, they're just they're going to persist. They're going to until they get that, and they'll experience those three realms of prayer. Call them realms: the asking, the seeking, and then the knocking. And and those. And that's. You could really could say that every day someone can be born of the Spirit, get baptized with the Holy Spirit, and then fellowship. That's the third phase of. Of knowing the Holy of the Holy Spirit, it's the fourth phase of knowing God. That's that's in John seven. That's the anointing. Okay, so I just said it. I'm glad I said it. So that's the technical side. The technical is. Let me keep it simple. There's four phases of knowing God. The final three are in the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Spirit baptism of the Holy Spirit, the anointing. Boom. That's I just gave someone, I mean, it's just awesome. It's nothing about me. I don't want you to know my name. I don't want you to know the name of this ministry. But I just presented what Jesus Christ presented. And it's not taught a lot. You know, it took me a while to really grasp and, and put it into simplified form that there's four phases of knowing God. Right there. Right there in the Gospel of John. Four phases. If anybody... I mean, I mean, it's just so unbelievable. You talk to Christians even, they don't, know, they don't see this. They don't know it. They don't, they're like, oh, really? It's right. It's, I mean, and then let me give credit to the great preacher Moody who initially said there's three phases of knowing the Holy Spirit. That's something I read. I was like, wow. Um, that's it's so glorious. And here are ways that we as humans just... It's, it's ironic, it's sad, it's tragic. Most people don't even get into the first phase. Uh, okay. Let me add this. Why am I emphasizing this? Because any per this is what humans were created to do. 
created for. And when someone experiences His glory and majesty, He, he solves all of our... He meets all of our needs. He solves all of our problems. He solves... If someone has a physical need, Jesus heals them. If someone has an emotional need, if they're depressed, Jesus gives joy and happiness. If someone needs purpose, He gives eternal purpose. And on and on and on. So that's the... Um, that's the, this is the, the glorious gospel and offer that God has given every person. Amen. Let, I, I want to add this also. Um, as I mentioned the other day, yesterday, and we, we've, our ministry's created a website called God's Love, Man's Response dot com dashes between those words and it's it's really just summaries of these really well-known famous stories in the bible and um, and i just want to emphasize to think that in the bible in the world today uh in human history and in the world today and in the millennium let's Let's get a grasp on this. This is a quite a, a sweeping statement here. But l- let me repeat that. In the Bible, in the life of Jesus Christ the man, in human history, in the world today, and even in the millennium, man chooses generally chooses self. That's putting it mildly because often man is... It says it right there in Genesis is um, corrupt and evil and and every ima- thought, thought of the intents of his. Heart. I don't want to repeat. I don't have the verse in front of me, but corrupt and evil and even violent and doing things that I don't even want to repeat. And it's this pattern that is so clear so obvious that it's it's and even in the millennium a man of god just pointed out i heard him in a message he said he it's a famous event in the in the millennium you know the millennium is the thousand year reign of jesus christ this glorious reign of jesus on the earth it's just it is awesome to learn about it and you know, believers on the earth will be celebrating Jesus Christ and in the glory of God, but yet people, even then, well, let me just mention one thing. He, at the end of the millennium, the enemy is released from the bottomless pit to deceive the nations. That's a famous verse. And he said, people may say, well, why does that happen? And he said, it's, it's to prove to the nations that they don't repent and that they're corrupt. I mean, to think that it's just, it like permeates all of those famous events and stories that I just mentioned that man misses it and man chooses self. And how sad that is that, I mean, even to think in Genesis 6, famous scripture, it says the Lord was sorry He had made man and was grieved in His heart. 
let me share something else that's very, very special. I just want to mention it. A, a man of God who's anointed said that for he wrote in one of his books that for three weeks he, the Holy Spirit gave him such a burden for the lost and such a that he wept for three weeks. Now, I'm just I don't know the whole story about that. I don't, I've never met this person, but that's an example where you know God is a God of love and mercy. He's merciful, loving, gracious. He gave Jesus to die for the world. He's given the Holy Spirit. He's given Himself. He's, he's done everything. I mean, He's... Another thing about these stories that I'm quite... New things that I'm seeing um, as I looked into these, into the Scripture, the specific stories in Genesis and Exodus. For example, with Adam, the first person. God did so much... I mean, gave him so much. Now, every person who was would have been in Adam's place, we would have done the same thing. We would have, you know, that's... But God, we see that He's a God of love, mercy, and, and giving, and gracious. I mean, just abundant. Super abundant. Like bountiful. Gave Adam... Let's, let's, and that's one of the reasons. Let me finish with this. That's one of the reasons I really wanted to look into these famous stories. And actually, it's a man of God that I give him credit. I don't want to mention his name. He gets full credit because he, he spoke about this and pointed out these things about specifically with Adam, you know, that God gave him this, this garden. Um, that was some people believe was the size of the today's Middle East. This was a massive garden. Okay, he was in Adam was in the glory of God. That that's the greatest example. He was in the glory of God, the the wonderful presence of God, the presence of Jesus Christ before Jesus Christ had been revealed. So much that he didn't realize he had no clothes on. Okay in the glory of God, given this garden, made a king. He was, he was made king of the whole earth. He had dominion. God said, subdue the earth. Okay? There were angels. You know, these angels are so glorious, so awesome. These angels were likely on... Well, that, I don't think that's in the account, but we know after the fall, God sent cherubim to protect the tree of life. Okay, He gave Adam, it says... Please, you know, just check out the website and the section called the first person. Um, he gave Adam every tree which was pleasing to the eye, beautiful trees, and good for for food, like great fruit, all this delicious food on all these trees. We don't know how many trees. That's another thing. It bugs me when people say, okay, there were only two trees in the garden. No, it doesn't say that. It says that he gave him every kind of tree. Okay? And then there were also the two trees mentioned specifically. Okay? So there were, we know for a fact that every kind of tree was at least, well it was plural, two or more. And then the two trees. So it's at least four or more. It could have been a million trees. We're not told. 
we're not told the size of the garden or how many trees. And remember, trees reproduce, right? The fruit and seeds and tr the, the uh, trees were reproducing and increasing in number. We don't know how long Adam and Eve lived before the fall. We just not, we're not told. It may have been thousands of years. We don't know. Okay, also He gave Adam a helper, Eve, all the animals. Everything was just in this perfect state. Man misses it. Okay, I just, I, I don't want, well, and what's that word? Adam is vindicated really because every person <laughs> In history, except Jesus Christ, we've all missed it, and it's only by God's grace that we're saved. So, I wanted to just—it's—it's it's quite fascinating to really look at the stories. I—I I would like someone to really analyze and 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 uh, the summary that we have put together. That's on the website. It's in the section called the first person, and see what they think. You know, to see. Because it's just so, it's just a great example of God's nature. And, and let me finish with this. After Adam and Eve fell, He clothed them with coats of skins. He slew an animal, put skins on them. That's a prophecy of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Again, God reaching out to mankind protecting them so now he could see them and have a relationship with them he saved them basically with the blood prophetic about Jesus Christ's sacrifice then God puts cherubim that's plural to protect the tree of life because if humans if they had eaten of the tree they would have lived forever on the earth as a sinner forever Adam today would be 6,000 years old and still alive. And that's how powerful God is. The tree of life is symbolic of Jesus Christ, of God. Okay, I'll finish with this. The two trees are mentioned specifically because that, that's God is revealing there that every person has a choice between God and self. Every person. The tree of life is symbolic of God. Jesus is the vine. Jesus Christ is the vine, the true vine, the tree. He's the tree of life. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening. Email us. We're grateful for you. And we're here for you. We want... Um, very grateful for your partnership. We need your prayers. But mainly, we're here for you to... and, and want to present this glorious Gospel... That that's, that's the He's the treasure. He is treasure. Eternal, infinite, unlimited treasure. Jesus Christ. He's the gift of God. He offers eternal rewards, great rewards, and the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. Amen.